Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 43 of A View to a Kaku Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? Not bad, dude. It is very warm. It is. It is extremely warm, but you know what that might just be? That might just be the Comic-Con fever. You feeling it, Dave? You feel oh, the, that's a really good point. Wait, the, let me check the thermostat. It is a frosty 52 degrees, Matt. This Comic-Con <laughs> fever must be serious. If oh, you no, have Comic-Con fever that severe, go see your local Comic-Con medical professional. Um, it is Comic-Con right now as we are doing this, but uh, neither Dave nor I have actually been paying much attention to those news. Uh, so we are going to talk about completely other things, Dave. We sure are. Uh, today's episode is number 43, called The Last Day of the Three God Generals. But before we get into that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So our first star of the week, Matt, is that some good friends of ours do a another podcast called Mount Olympus Cast, and I am running out of stuff to say, because this is your star, but you asked me. So I just, you know, I'm trying to keep you on your toes. Uh, Yes. So producer Mark and some other friends of ours, people who have been on this show before when we do our special episodes, uh, Brian, Lucas and Megan, um, they all have a show in which they are watching um, in, I think they're doing it in production and airing order. Xena and Hercules. They're bouncing. Yeah, they're sort of bouncing back and series. Um, but, uh, Megan and Lucas, uh, just had a third child, uh, congratulations to them. Um, but what that means is that they are on, like, podcast maternity and paternity leave. Right. Uh, and so Mark and Brian have been trying to fill out the roster to make sure that they don't lose track, uh, lose momentum on that show. And so they have been pulling people in to watch other Hercules-adjacent media. So, like, not more Kevin Sorbo stuff, but other Hercules movies. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I know that, like, uh, our friend Cody was on last week, and they were watching an old Hercules movie. You know, like, one of those, like, Hercules versus the X-Monster. Actually, yes. there might actually be one called Hercules versus the X-Monster, but that is not what I'm referring to. Um, and There I am are, on... dude, there are just so many Hercules movies, like, because it's some open of license. Son of Hercules movies, like Son of Hercules versus the Moon People. I have it, man. But like, Hercules is open license. Anybody can do anything. So, and so unfortunately, they do, because some of these movies are, some of them are very fun. Some of them are complete garbage. I am on the show this week. It's, uh, it drops on Wednesdays, I believe. And we are watching the 1969 Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, Hercules in New York, uh, which was a lot of fun. That's actually not a terrible movie. 
Yeah, like, listen, it's cheesy, and it's a very young Arnold Schwarzenegger who, like, it's sort of like before he learned how to act, and he's just in it because he's giant. Yeah, that's, you know, listen, did Schwarzenegger ever learn to act? I mean, to an extent, but this is before even that happened. I mean, I would say, I would say he definitely improved. I mean, hey, listen, he's... He is not the the actor of our generation, or of yeah, any no, generation, listen, frankly. I don't want to make it sound. I love the Arnold. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Absolutely, he's he's very Daniel good Day at the Lewis specific he thing that he does. Right, <laughs> and the specific thing that he does in this case is like have more muscles than anyone and pick up people and throw them into water. Like, that is most of that movie. Um, but it was a lot of fun. If you want to listen to me talk about it for a very long time. Uh, go check out, and eh, they'll probably edit it down because I ramble for a bit, but go check out the Mount Olympus cast. Um, the other, by the way, the other movie that we nearly watched for that was the 2014 uh, Asylum Films production Hercules Reborn, starring that former sounds. WWE superstar John, uh, John Morrison, aka current Lucha Underground professional wrestler Johnny Mundo. Um, that. Sounds very, very bad. It's extremely bad. I watched the entire movie, like, hoping desperately for something fun to happen that we could joke about. And we just had to change gears entirely. Because it is so bad that there is no... Like, you can't even make jokes from it. It's just a miserable, miserable movie. And it doesn't even do flips. John Morrison is great at jumping off things and doing flips. He does none of that in this movie. It's heartbreaking. Well, Hercules is not really a flipper. You know what I'm saying? Well, I know, but you know, you you go to you go to movie with the Herc you got, and I was hoping that they would really take advantage of that, but no, <laughs> sadly no, Dave. Um, but speaking of sad things, what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, Matt, is that I am working on some stuff for my house, and if you, Matt, because you're currently an apartment dweller, if you ever buy a house, you will discover something about houses, Matt. And that thing is that unless you buy a brand new house, 80% of everything that you have to repair in your house is fixing something that the previous numbskull did wrong. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like on a long enough timeline, if you live in the house for a very long time, sometimes you are the previous numbskull. Yeah, it's so far I haven't done anything like real numbskully, but I'm sure like eventually I will do something that somebody else will be irritated with me about in the future. But so far I'm pretty good. So I get water in my garage, which is bad because I keep stuff in my garage. So I've decided I'm going to install this French drain, which is just like a V with, well, like a trench with gravel in it. And okay. it's good for water drainage. I used to do landscaping. Anyways, so... I, I go back behind my garage, and I knew that this was the case, that there were just some plants growing back there. And so I, you know, like, I get my lawnmower out, I trim down all the plants, and I start digging, I, you know, I clear all the stuff away, and I start digging, and I say, like, man, this is really nice, like, this is really good dirt, which is a, like, dirt is dirt, right? But this isn't. This is, like, nice okay. topsoil. Well, I gotcha. Which is weird, because the rest of my yard is not nice topsoil. So I start digging down, and about like eight inches below this, there's just flagstones, like big, flat 
flagstones that are level and which someone has clearly installed. Okay. And so what had happened, I surmise, is that somebody went behind the garage, saw that it was a spot that got some sun, looked at and was like, oh, I should put a garden in here. Looked at all these flagstones and just said, nah. And just piled all the dirt on top of them. And so now, like, so then after getting through all this other topsoil, I had to, like, pull out these giant... Now, I mean, now I've got these flagstones, which I guess is cool. But, like, they just... They didn't dig down below the rod. They just threw the dirt on top of the flagstones. And then... There was one thing, Matt. There was one thing in this whole backyard little garden area that was properly installed. Mm-hmm. Which I would be less irritated about, but the one thing that they decided to do, like a really great, just like solid job of getting in there and, and making sure that it was good, was the fence post, which was sank in, sunk in. Yeah. There's a, well, there's two on like the far side, but I'm not going to worry about those. But there's only three fence posts. So clearly maybe there was one before and somebody got rid of it. But the fence post was sunk properly, which means it was sunk into about a foot and a half of concrete, which I then had to dig out around the flagstones. So it's all out now, and I've got a bunch of gravel coming in. But it was a moment, man. I I believe it. I tell you, yeah. when you when you were describing like a secret like level bit of flagstone that had those been like installed there at some point? Yeah, no, they were clearly like they were flat and butted up against each other and level. Okay, and Matt, I know what you're gonna say, or I think I do, and I also had a moment where I was really hoping for buried treasure. Okay, either buried. Tre- there's two ways that could have gone. Okay, or I guess a body. Three. The third way is that there's nothing and it's just more dirt. Yeah, that's what actually happened. Way number one is buried treasure. The yes, other obviously. option we had is a blast to the past scenario in which there is a secret like fallout bunker under your backyard that somebody moved into in the 50s and has been living down there for a generation. And that's oh, what I was that, really rooting for. That would have been good. I was like, I was, I'll say, I was equal parts excited and nervous to lift these flagstones up because I was like, it's possible that there's treasure it's most likely dirt but it's also like man i hope somebody like didn't bury their dog or something worse back here yeah it was not but like you know every once in a while you see someone's like we were doing renovations on our house and like the crazy whack job who lived here in the 50s hit a lunchbox full of gold bullion in the attic so i was i was hoping maybe i would run into those such that situation uh no i it's just clay uh which is not yeah. So that is my thing, Matt. What is our third star of the week? Third star of the week, Dave, is that I, at the office, there is coffee available to the employees and there is, you know, like the various things that go with coffee, like sugars and creamers and so forth, right? Delightful. Um, international delightful, Dave, because one of the options is the International Delights brand of like flavored creamers. Yeah, I, those things are almost universally kind of gross like overly sweet but if the it's not great coffee to begin with and so if you get used to the flavor of these weird things like it's you know it's it, it's it's just sort of palatable part of your routine. it's great palatable awesome and also because 
there's like they're your standard like vanilla or whatever flavors. But then also yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the bits there is that they rotate out seasonally a different flavor of these creamers. I don't know why someone... they do this. I don't know like how much planning goes into it. I was gonna say, is this somebody's job? This is some this is an HR person's project. Like guaranteed. Somewhere in HR, there is a, like an intern who is just like, guys, here's what we're going to do. Seasonal creepers. Freshen things up. Get everybody excited to come in and see what the brand new flavor is. But the brand new flavor this time, Dave, is caramel macchiato. And let me tell you the three things that I hate about that. <laughs> and I'll tell you, none of those things are the actual flavor, which is pretty nice. You know, all things okay, considered. Okay, so this is, so we're, we're veering into birthday cake territory, Matt. Okay, exactly. Because here's the thing about caramel macchiato. That ain't a flavor. Like, <laughs> it's not. It's just not. Caramel macchiatos. Okay, so I used to work at Starbucks. Here's right. what a caramel macchiato is. Um, first of all, it is a... I think other people do it now, but it is a drink that was invented by Starbucks because it is. it bears almost nothing in common with an actual macchiato. Okay, I was just going to say. So, macchiato is a real thing. A macchiato is a real thing. It's basically like a double shot of espresso with like a little like dollop of foamed milk like put on top of it. That sounds nice. That is a macchiato. It's very nice. Um, The caramel macchiato is like that in reverse. It's basically a vanilla latte that they build backwards so instead of pouring the espresso in and then putting the milk on top of it, they put the milk in and the foam, and then they put the they pour the espresso in on the top. Okay, I'm sure that does a thing, but well, it makes and then they pour like this crisscross of caramel syrup on top of the foam on top of the espresso, right? So Go, it's a yeah. it, it's a vanilla latte. It's a backwards vanilla latte with caramel on top. That's the that is the secret to the caramel macchiato. It's not a secret. Everybody who knows what okay. it is knows. It's what a, it is. so it's a candy drink. It's a candy drink. It's a hot milkshake that gives you caffeine, um, <laughs> like all Starbucks drinks basically. But it's just caramel and vanilla, which is fine. But like caramel macchiato is not a flavor. It is a style of drink, and that style of drink is exclusive to a particular company. And an actual macchiato is something completely different. And it is maddening to me every day when I put this delicious, like, garbage syrup into my coffee <laughs> that I have to look at it and just think, like, nope, like, that's, we're, we're not doing this right, but here it goes anyway. <laughs> Matt, well, I'm glad that you have found your own birthday cake flavor because it's a unique feeling. And uh, I'm glad that we can now share that, Matt. So, so what, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? The fourth star of the week, Dave, is that sometimes I wonder how deep we've gotten into actually living in a cyberpunk world and with me just kind of not noticing. Deep, Matt. Deep is the answer. Because the the problem is that it's got a lot of, like, the, the structure of a fictional cyberpunk world, right? But it doesn't have the aesthetics, which is really what I want. Like, I don't actually want, like, the way that the world operates from a cyberpunk movie, but what I really want is for everything to look like Blade Runner, because that's a great look. Okay, well, Matt, I have just realized something. Every Okay, okay so, I mean, like, listen, fashion is cyclical. This is the thing. Like, the 90s are back, okay? The oh, 90s are back, back in, in a, a big, big way. way. Yeah, 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 fashion-wise. And I don't think the 80s are back yet, but we did the 70s, and we're doing the 90s. 
we're gonna get to the eighties. Oh, like, sure. We're, but we're I don't gonna want the eighties, Dave. I want the future from the eighties. No, but, no, no. This is we'll get there though, because by the time we loop around to digging, here's what they don't tell you, because nobody's like reading the Blade Runner fashion blog, is that everything that's going on in Blade Runner, like all the fashion stuff, is just eighties throwback. Like that's what's happening. And so by the time we get to a spot where we have like all the technology to make the Blade Runner stuff, which I feel like is probably pretty close, we're just gonna we'll loop around back to the eighties at some point during that. Like but, you'll we'll get there. Sure. Man. I mean there there are there are three main things that we need to be able to get there. First of all, okay, four main things. First of all, we need people to start wearing like transparent coats, just like plastic clear plastic coats. I feel like that's gonna be very important. Next, we need that flying car technology. Following that, we need... Um, oh, no, never mind. I guess it was just three things. Because the third thing is uh, office buildings shaped like pyramids. I feel yeah, like that's a very important that. bit of both Blade Runner stuff and also Running Man. Anyway, I, the, the point of this is that the other day I was driving home from your place and I drove past the uh, Cleveland Museum of Modern Art, which is kind of like shiny and weirdly like a geometric shaped building and there are some like big digital display boards near it and there were like five teens or early 20s people riding on these weirdly tricked out like bicycles that were covered in lights that were just like flashing and changing colors and so forth and when i looked at it i was like oh here it is here's the blade runner stuff i've been looking for it's already here it's just not in my neighborhood. I need to drive across town to see weird Blade Runner stuff. Well, Matt, listen, uh, you can either drive across town to do weird Blade Runner stuff or you can hop on the internet. Matt, pause for a moment. I have just sent you a link. You're welcome, friend. Okay, I am clicking on this link. Oh, here it is. Crystalline Clear Jacket. Yeah. $195? It's $195. It's made out of 100% clear, transparent PVC. Brashy, crystalline, clear jacket. OMG, it's all out in the open, BB. (laughs) Good gracious. Yeah, this is from a... I'm not even going to tell you what website it's from. You don't need to know that. But Matt, you can, in fact, probably find a tricked out bike and a clear plastic jacket. So there you go. Just got to go visit those shining office ziggurats of the future after that. Anyway, Dave, uh, that's enough about Blade Runner. What is our fifth and final star of the week? Our fifth and final star of the week, Matt, is Baby Watch. We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby Watch. This week in Baby Watch, Matt, the sugar bean is crawling. This has been Baby Watch. Baby Watch. And with that, uh, we are going to take a break. We are going to go watch this episode of the Sentai Cocker Ranger, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode number 43 of Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Uh, Dave, what did you think of this week's television show that we watched? Dude, this was a 
good episode. Not in like a funny, goofy, silly way. Like this is just now this happens every time. Like now we're getting into the end of the season where it's not like like goofy joke like we're like messing on the thing. Like now I'm just really into Cocker Ranger and I super want to see what happens. Me too. Although again, very weirdly, this is episode 43 and not episode 49, which is what it feels like. So I don't know what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. If we're going to get back into the jokes. I I suspect that we are because I've seen photographs of all of the cocky rangers dressed up like Santa Claus. And we haven't seen that episode yet. And I can't imagine that that's going to be a serious one. Huh. Okay, well... But that is an episode for another day. Today's episode, The Last Days of the Three God Generals, uh, is we pick up directly from where we left off last week, which, if you will recall, uh, Ninja Man was in peril. He was captured, and his, like, powers were being had been sucked out by a... I, I guess I have to call him a clone, because that's what the show does. But he's really... There's, like, a weird creature that um, Daimao made... Yeah, so where we leave is that uh, Ninja Man is captured. The Rangers are not, like, down for the count, but yeah, kind of. Because uh, they're all stuck in the Three God Generals. The Three God Generals are down. Dara Dara is running over to siphon away their power. And But before he can, uh, Tsubasamaru, the Bird God General, does something and... Teleports them all away. He does a big squawk, and then there's a lot of flashing lights. And actually, in a really fun shot, you see inside of the cockpit where uh, Sasuke is. And as they're going through this teleportation, he's getting, like, untransformed, like, out of his Kaka Ranger powers. And it's flashing back and forth between, like, him as, like, Kaka Ranger Ninja Red and just Sasuke in his street clothes, but it's in the cockpit of the uh, Beast General, which is very cool. You don't get to see them untransformed in those cockpits, basically, yeah, ever. Yeah, almost ever. Also, Matt, point of order, I am fairly certain Supasamaru is a lady. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure that, like, there were the three, there was, like, the three Gon Generals, and two of them were dudes, and that was um, Kakure Dai Shogun and... Uh, Mutaki Shogun and then Super Samurai, I'm pretty sure is a lady. Oh, uh, that so, is very cool. I do not remember, because I know we did see, like, their human forms on a scroll at some point, right? Yeah, you see, and no, you see them live, like, one time for, like, three seconds. So I'm not, like, I wouldn't go to the mat on this one, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's the case. So the three Gon Generals disappear back to... Cloud mist illusion. Uh, the wind illusion castle. Wind illusion castle. So they, they go disappear to, back to the wind illusion castle, which is yeah. weird because Mateki Shogun also is the wind illusion castle. Yeah, there's a weird like Tardisy loop going on there that I don't quite understand. So Sasuke looks around and he's like, "Oh, where are we?" Which Sasuke, I get that you've just been teleported, but you have definitely been here like a number of times. It was also, literally one of the first things that you did as a Kaku Ranger is come to the Wind yeah. Illusion Palace. Also, directly in front of you are the giant statues of the three god generals, which again is weird. Yes. Because Muteki Shogun has a tiny Mushaki Muteki Shogun Shigadiga. It's a <laughs> statue of him inside him. 
He's like is the, the statue Shogun his is DNA? like a Russian like nesting doll because he is the castle, but he also is the robot, which is the castle, and he also is the statue of himself inside the castle, which is also inside the robot. It's a whole okay. So it's just it's Mateki feel... Shogun's all the way down, Dave. <laughs> Inside the statue is another giant robot, but a smaller giant robot. Okay, so they are, the rangers are trying to figure out what's going on. And the three god generals sort of start talking to them. And they say, like, because the rangers say, like, okay, well, we have to leave immediately and go back to the fight. And the three god generals say, no, like, chill out for a second. Scope out what's going on. And they sort of create a, a phantom screen. And we can see Dara Dara just in the city, like, destroying this. He's giant form. He's, like, blowing stuff up. Yeah. And it cuts over to Ninja I... Man, and Ninja Man tells Daimyo, like, listen, like, there's no reason for you to continue destroying all this stuff. The three god generals have left, and they're not going to come back to save me. Yeah, like, they they like, they like will not sacrifice themselves to save me because they recognize that they need to save the city, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, back to the... Wind Illusion Castle. Wind, thank you. The Wind Illusion Castle. And I was disappointed to note that Sasuke is back to like a super weird shorts job. I mean... He's like blended. He's blended his two outfits. So he's wearing his original top, but now, but he's back to wearing like super short shorts with like bike shorts underneath. I mean, I don't know what that disappoints you about that. That is the the one true Sasuke look. I think that that has been the through line to his uniform, even more so than the color red. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this has been shorts update so okay so the three god general and so the sasuke is like no we have to leave i think three god generals again are like no like listen you need to wait for a second and they say here's the deal we are going to go back out and fight dara dara but we need to wait for an unspecified reason but when we go out, we are going to really fight. Like last time we hesitated because like we weren't sure what was going on. Now we know the score. And we, we are going to take Dara Dara out, even if it means that Ninja Man has to die. Right. And I think that like they are saying that Daimyo knows this. And so he is going to retreat in a moment. Because he knows that if he stays out there too long, the three god generals will come back to dis- like destroy this man or this monster. Yeah. So the rangers are like, how could you? He's part of the team. It's Ninja Man. You can't betray him like that. But like... <laughs> I'm basically what they say gotta... is like, listen, Ninja Man knows the score. Like, Yeah, they're like, he knows what's up. He, he knows that this is how it has to be. And this is why, Matt, the Kaku Rangers are fighters and the three gun generals are, I think, the generals. Because yeah. they clearly, they're like, listen, man, we're not like stoked about it, but this is the play. Like, this is how it has to be. Right. And like, you know, we are willing to sacrifice ourselves and, you know, because, I'm sorry, they are willing to sacrifice Ninja Man and Ninja Man was willing to sacrifice himself. And they know this because they know Ninja Man from the way back. Because yeah. the three god generals plus the Kaku Rangers are the only thing that can stop the yokai. Yes. So they're like, listen, if this is how it has to be, this is how it has to be. The Rangers are still not stoked about it, which 
Like, that's reasonable. Yeah, I get it. And so the three-gun general say, listen, you go see Hakamenro, and he is going to help you. And Tsuruhime, obviously, crazy stoked. Because she's like, because remember, she has been thinking for, well, for a really long time, she thought that her father was dead. And then she thought that her father had betrayed them. But then just recently, she kind of got the inkling like, oh, no, wait, maybe my dad did not betray us. And the three guy generals are saying, nope, your dad has been a good guy all along. Hooray. We just didn't tell you because you couldn't know, even though it's your dad. And there's no reason that you wouldn't have kept that secret. But right. whatever. Like, obviously, they needed to keep that secret from Daimyo, but, like, there was no reason to have kept that secret from the Cocky Rangers. Yeah, I feel like they could have known. But whatever. So, Tsurihime is obviously thrilled, and the three guy generals are like, okay, you guys get going. Yeah, you go so talk to Hakumenro, to- because Hakumenro knows where Ninja Man is being kept. And, you know, we will end up having to kill him if we do this thing, but. Take this opportunity, go try to rescue Ninja Man, and then we can sort of, you know, have it both ways. Right. Obviously, that would be... Like, we, you know, we want to save Ninja Man. So, we go back to the evil castle, and Ninja Man is still captured. Daimau, he says to Ninja Man, he says, Oh, yeah, 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 I know that the three god generals are willing to kill you. That's all part of the plan. Now we're on to stage two. Two. Right. So, ha- and then we get this great moment where Hakimenru sort of like whips around. <laughs> it becomes very clear that Hakimenru did not know that there was a stage two. Which, okay. <laughs> he's, been feeding all the, he's been feeding all the information back. He's like, oh, 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 this is bad. Yeah. So here's the thing is that Hakimenru has like sacrificed his family and like been living this lie for decades to get in with Daimao and have all this information so that he can feed it back to the Kaku Rangers. And apparently he's so terrible at being a spy, he did not, like, I imagine that there are more than two stages to this plan. Because either there is a plan or there is a plan in stages. It is very rarely just stage one and two, right? Right. And so he has spent decades just looking at the most surface version of this plan. And now is realizing, like, oh, boy. Oh, boy, Hakamenru. You you did the bad one. You were supposed (laughs) to do it good, but you you got it wrong, and you did it bad. So Hakamenru, he goes down into the caves where Daradara was, like, hatched. And he's sort of, you know, we can see he's trying to figure out how he can salvage salvage the situation. So he's like, what am I going to do? He he finds the Dara Dara egg that Daimau like horked up. And he says, Okay, well, if I can use this, maybe somehow I can find Dara Dara's weakness. Right. And then he thinks about it for a second and he realize he thinks back, he gets a flashback and realizes what we already noticed, which is that Dara Dara is moving in sync with Daimau. So he recognizes that all of a sudden there's some sort of connection on like a mystical, you know, Tomax Zamot style thing. Did I reference Tomax and Zamot twice in two episodes? You betcha. Oh, you know it. So um, he realizes that this is the case. But Daimau sees him like he peeks around the corner of the cave 
and he sees Hakamenru. So like the jig is up. Now right. we know we know that Daimao knows that Hakamenro is in fact still working for the Rangers. Oh, Matt. So I was looking because I was trying to figure out what the deal is with Daimu's crazy side head things. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm still not totally sure what they are supposed to be, but I was looking at some concept art for Daimu. And then I got on a little bit of a jag where I was just looking at like a bunch of concept art for different Super Sentai monsters. Uh-huh. And as impressive as all of like, because really it's some very cool costume building oftentimes going on in the Super Sentai like series. I do feel like a tiny bit bad for the concept artists. Because oh, just if you because they put so much work into these really great illustrations that kind of get like really right. simplified. And it's like, yeah, like, like I always feel like the concept artist, they like, you know, the costume guy, this is what I want to happen in my head. Is that the costume guy, like every time he's super, super excited because he has made a very cool costume and he brings it over to the concept art guy. He's like, so like, you know, Ichi, what do you think? And Ichi just looks at, he's like, oh man, it's so great. <laughs> You, you like, nailed it. You just, nailed it this time, buddy. You did it. And then he sort secretly, of like he's turns. just thinking about the 20 thing, like the 20 little like weird decorative things that he wanted to be on there that just didn't make the cut. That just did not make it. So anyway, I still don't know what those side head things are. But so Daimo, we know that Daimo knows that Hakamenru is in fact still a good guy. So from there, where do we go? Oh. Nakamaru. Oh, we, yeah, we cut back to the Rangers, and they are in Nakamaru, and they're just driving around. Because they need to go find Hakamenro, but they don't know where he is because he's in hiding. Right. Who they do find is Bun and those dogs. What's up with that kid? What is up with those dogs? We had better find out soon. <laughs> Matt, that is almost my, my notes verbatim. In all caps, just say, what is up with Bon in Tarot Bang? Like, I need to know what is up with this kid and these dogs. Like, it can't just be, it can't just be that, oh, he was like uh, Sandeyu's trainee. Like, there is some weirdness going on, and I desperately need to know what is up with this kid. Now, one thing that is up, um, and I just want you, the listeners, to know that I realized this this episode is even though the name is spelled like in the subtitles bun like b u n oh, yeah. like the english word for you know a bun um they are actually saying boon yeah I'm, i don't know how i missed that the whole time this whole time and honestly i could try to change how i'm saying it but i don't know if i'm going to so we'll we'll see how it goes but i at least want you to know that i have recognized the error so <laughs> you know you don't have to write in not okay. that I, you know, I mean, honestly, write in, whatever. We don't get enough emails. But, so they find this kid, they find his dogs, and they say, listen, we know that Hakamenru is good, and we know that you are working with him, so just tell us where to find him. Like, we need to go yeah, talk like, to this dude. It's cool. And he doesn't want to say, boom, but eventually yeah. he, like, gives in and says, all right, well... There is this, like, meeting place in the woods where when we need to get in contact, this is where we find each other. So, Bon, he never says anything, but he takes them out to the woods, 
and they sort of like they arrive in this spot and Suruhime says like oh my gosh this is amazing like this is it and she just she busts out of Nekamaru running because she wants to find her dad obviously she's yeah. super excited we the audience see the flowery Kunoichigumi kind of ducked behind some trees but they have remained hidden from the rangers themselves well for the most part they have remained hidden um sasuke like kind of sees them out of the corner of his eye and he like whips around to go look at them and as he does they sort of like hop like we the viewer see them like hop back behind the tree out of his view but sasuke knows that something is up like he doesn't have a good feeling about this place He's got a, yeah, he's got a bad feeling, but that's about all he knows. So he goes chasing after Suruhime and the other Kaku Rangers and says, like, listen, I know that the plan was to come here and find Hakumenro, but, like, we need to bolt. This is a bad situation. Yeah, like, I'm not sure exactly what's up, but again, like, I have a very bad feeling about this. Um, they do not listen to him, uh, especially Surihime. Just like does not like even acknowledge oh, yeah, no, that this she is an option. Is, yeah, she's completely down on like team find dad. Everything else can go hang. So they're like running through this field, and Sasuke is chasing after Surihime, and Surihime is just like calling out for her dad. And Hakumenu is there. He's like up in a tree and looks down and sees them, but he also sees the flowery Kuchuinigumi. Kuchu. Kuno Ichigumi. Kuno Ichigumi. I swear this is not a bit. This is not like a running gag that I can't say this. I just can't do it. Um, He sees them like coming up behind the Kaku Rangers. And I have two things in my notes right here. One is that I mentioned that like, oh, Hakamenru, like he sees them coming and he knows that they know that he's there. So, in an effort to, like, protect his cover, he begins to attack the Kaka Rangers. Yeah. The other thing I have in my notes is the Kaka Rangers, in this moment, are terrible ninjas. Like, they're just running through the woods shouting and not paying any attention to the enemies that are sneaking up on them. Like, they are being the worst ninjas possible. So, okay, so what I think happens is this, is that Hakamenru sees the Kunoichi Gumi. So he thinks, though, that his cover is still good. Right. So in order to preserve that cover, like you said, he attacks the Conquer Rangers. But when he gets in close, he's like, you've got to get out of here. Like, go run. But then the flowery Kunoichi Gumi attack anyways, because they, of course, know that Hakumenru has been a double agent. And at this point, Hakumenru maybe realizes that the jig is up. Yes. And he just sort of like, He's like, you guys run. Like, I'm going to try and hold them off. So they, did they manage to run away at all? Oh, no, yeah. They, they all run away together. and They, they run get, away to the quarry. Yeah. So, so I guess not very far. far. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't get far because the quarry is obviously very, very close. Because it's close to everywhere. Well, sure. Yeah, the quarry is like the Mkron crystal of, of the Super Sentai universe. So, Daimau is there. So, it's the Kunoichigumi are there. Dara Dara, I think, is there as well. Yeah. And Daimau is there. And Daimau sort of, like, springs a trap. He, like, blasts them with some lightning. He grabs, like, Hakamenro with his, like, telekinetic red lightning stuff. 
And he says, you think I didn't know that you were a double agent? Like, I knew the whole time. All the info I've been feeding you was stuff I wanted you to know. So Daimu triple played this. Right. Which, he is the bad guy, but respect. Oh, absolutely. He's like, listen, I've been keeping you around because you are the White Ranger's dad. And... Like, I can use, I was able to use your familial love to, like, trap you in this thing. And now I've got you. So, it's pretty risk. So, Hakamenru tries to attack, but, or no, 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 sorry. This is where he gets blasted with the lightning. Because Hakamenru tries to attack, and he just gets, like, zapped with this crazy red lightning. As he is being held up in the air, he pulls out, it looks just like a golden crane, but not like an origami golden crane figurine. It's like a little statuette thing. Yeah. And he he throws it into the sky and it disappears. And then he gets like super zapped by Damayo and just like, I mean, I am assuming that something is happening with this flying crane thing. But if you didn't see him do that, it would look to all intents and purposes that Daimyo just literally vaporized Takumedro because he just disappears. Yeah, he, he is atomized. He's gone. So Tsuruhime freaks out, tries to Henge, and they all go to Henge, but it doesn't work. Oh, yeah, it's really cool. So they go to do their transformation sequence. And as they do, there's this sort of like wave of red lightning that goes over them. That red lightning flies into the sky and forms some, it says something. There's some like writing in the sky, but I don't remember if the subtitles tell you what it says. So I'm not able to fill you in on that particular bit. But what we discover is that in this quarry, or this time in the quarry, or whatever... Um, there is a barrier stopping their Nimpo from working, so they cannot transform. Yes. Unfortunately, it is only blocking the Kaki Ranger's Nimpo. Everyone else is fine. Yeah, everybody else is, is super, super cool, which is, you know, bad. Not super, super cool. So they get into the, this fight. Oh, the, the Kaki Rangers, since they aren't able to super Henge, they just sort of like regular Henge. And trans like rip off their clothes and are wearing their ninja gear. Yeah. So this is not super great because the Kunoichigumi, again, their ninpo works. And so they just do like their battle transformation. Right. So you've got the Kaku Rangers who are like, they've got swords and they got, you know, kicks and such. But that is not getting them super far against like actual superhero monster villains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's not going great, and they don't. Oh, this is a cool thing from the flowery Kunoichigumi, though, is that they are doing like some weird, crazy ninpo we haven't seen before, where they are like turning their swords into different stuff. Oh so yeah, like turning them into like nets and ropes and such. Yeah, it was rad. Well, that was yeah. One had like an energy whip, and then one just like a full-on like gladiator net, which was pretty rad. So the Rangers are getting crushed. The only one who sort of manages to make it not even away necessarily is Sasuke. Right. So the other four are all trapped by these ropes and nets and so forth. They chase Sasuke to the edge of a cliff overlooking the water. 
and he goes over the side. Like, he does not dive over the side. They are fighting, and he falls off the side of this cliff. Yeah. And so we got a, sort of the classic shot where all the Kunoichi Gumi, they're on the cliffside, they're looking down. Oh, and they, they take off their helmets to look down. So you get them, like, in their, like, cool costumes, but they're not wearing the helmets, which is always a great look. Yeah. So this is... This was a really great moment because Daimu walks up and he says, okay, so where's Sasuke? And the Kunoichigumi say, oh, well, he exploded and he flew over the cliff. And I thought to myself, I was like, dude, he's a ninja. You can't trust that. You have to, like, find that body. And then Daimu says, no, nah, man, you go find that body. Like, yeah. I want to see him. Go find like, that body and make sure it's not a log. So I really dig this because I like that Daimu is a really competent villain. Yeah, like he's a boring old grandpa, but he's very good at what he does. Listen, dude. Boring old grandpas are often really good at what they do. Oh, sure. He's had plenty of time to practice. I'm just saying, he's not exciting like Young Noble Jr. is. Like, Young Noble Jr. was fun and great and, like, cool. Daimao is none of those things, but he's actually good at his job, which is a refreshing change. (laughs) Um... So, uh, Daimu, so he turns to Daradara and he says, listen, you absorb the power from these rangers. So, Daradara, oh, every time Daradara is absorbing the power from someone, they change his costume and he has like big, gross, like tentacly sucker fingers. Oh, yeah. So, he's got those and we get a couple of like cool cuts. So, it's Daradara walking towards the rangers and then we smash to Sasuke sort of climbing out of the water smash to Kunoichi Gumi sort of on the hunt for Sasuke. Sasuke climbs up and get fully out of the water, runs, and then we see he has sort of left his helmet behind. So he's kind of, he's running scared. Like, yeah. and he, there's a little bit of voiceover. Where he's just like, I am not sure what to do at this point. Um, During this time, Dara Dara is like a giant and rampaging through the city because he is, not, you know, he now has pretty much everybody but the three god generals and Sasuke like all wrapped up and he is just trying to get the three god generals to come back out so he can finish the job. Yes. But the three god generals, they're like, they know it's a trap, right? So they're not doing it until eventually... Uh, Dara Dara just starts like, like throwing his goop everywhere. You know that Dara Dara goop from the earlier episodes. Yeah, and it gets all over people. But apparently, it is not just like slimy and terrible. It is also awful, awful poison that like cuts off people's air supply and is going to kill them in a very painful way. Uh, painfully and slowly, and which slowly. is what they say. And so this, I think, finally is the thing where the three god generals are like, okay, like, people are dying. Like, we didn't want to do this because doing this meant killing Ninja Man, but we've got to do it. We can't sacrifice all these people. Yeah. So the three god generals, you know, like, teleport out of themselves into the city in some weird, like, backwards way. But now they're all there, and it's all very exciting because they are going to crush Dara Dara. Too bad for Ninja Man, but, you know, them, them's the breaks. Right. Unfortunately, in the meantime, you know, before, Dara Dara sucked all of the power out of the four Cocker Rangers that he had captured, 
And so now he's all like he transforms again into this weird like his head is the four heads, like the four face masks of those Cocker Rangers all facing different directions like the um, oh, Dave, who is that monster from Die Ranger? The Four Kings of Heaven. Yeah. It's very much that look. It's yeah, it's it looks really, really rad. So, and then what we also find out is that, so Daimo was sort of like narrating this whole thing. And he says, here's the deal. Now, because he's aboard their power, he's also connected to them in the same way that he was connected, is connected to Ninja Man. So if you kill him, now you're also going to kill all four rangers. Right. So now we're in trouble because we need, like, we need the three kings of heaven I'm sorry, the three god generals. God generals. But we also definitely do still need to have the Cocky Rangers. Yeah. So, oh, Daimu does say one other thing, and he says, show us your full power. So, I feel like that's pretty good. That's pretty good chances that we're going to get, like, yet another, like, crazy, super whatever. Like, combination. I hope so. Yeah, which I'm really looking forward to. We flash back, we see the rangers, and the rangers all basically yell out in turn, like, no, do it, like, kill Daradara, save these people. Like, if you need to sacrifice us, we get it. Right, and I think there's, like, a little flashback to earlier in the episode when they were talking about Ninja Man being willing to sacrifice himself. And they're like, oh, right, yeah, we get it, of course. Like, if you have to do it, do it. It sucks, Yeah, like, save the people. That's, That's really the important thing. We get a very close shot on the three god generals. I am fairly certain that they just used the toys. I mean, like, I, I get wanting to have, like, nice clean lines for the close-ups, but they got close, and it it just seems like they're definitely using the toys for the three god generals. Yeah. Although, I mean, I feel like they probably have to do that all the time with Subasamara, right? Because, like, oh, it's not like you can put a person in like that a dude suit. In the suit. Yeah, you're you're totally right. I guess I never thought about it before. So we're getting some rad, dramatic shots here. Like, you know... Oh, yeah, the like, there's three... some cool... Like, the, the angles on the camera are very good. Like, this is a well-shot scene. And I just want to... It's important to point that out, because it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, a lot of the time it's just kind of broad angles, but... We're getting cool, like, upward-looking shots, and we're Stuff getting individual things. Yeah, like... Of the three gone generals, it's like things are getting super, super intense. And again, it is weird that this is episode 43. We, we cut to the woods and like Sasuke is running through the woods, still being there's like chased. A red, there's, a, there's a red moon. Yeah. And then so we see it's like red moon, Sasuke running through the woods, Kunoichigumi chasing behind him. Back to the three god generals, back to Dara Dara, back to Daimayu laughing. We get a shot of the rangers kind of looking on in horror. We see a quick shot of a fight between Sasuke and the Kunoichigumi where like he's obviously just being like run down like he is not going to win this fight. And then we see Daradara on like, we back to Daradara. He's on one side of the screen. The three gun generals are on the other side of the screen getting ready to square off. And then Daimu's face appears in the sky and he just starts laughing. It's rad. It's amazing. And it is also... I will remind you, like, ten episodes from the end of this television show. Yeah. Oh, and it's the end of this episode. Oh, yeah. That's it. 
so that is that is the the last day of the three god generals, which is weird because the three god generals are totally fine by the end of this episode. Matt, I I feel like we knew that they were going to be fine. I mean, we've seen stuff get blown up in the past. In other shows? I mean, in other Sentai shows. I mean, yeah. Anyway, I just always feel betrayed when the, like, thing that is an obvious spoiler in the title turns out to not be true at all. Because I feel like that's just not playing fair. But in any case, that is the end of our episode. Um, And there's nobody new to put on the Creature Royale this week because... No new monsters died. Yeah. Dave, do you have any sort of final thoughts on the episode that you want to get out? Any high points? Any low points? Man, I don't know. It was just, it was a super, super good episode. I am, I'm really stoked that we are sort of in, this is one of my favorite zones of the storyline of any kind of given Sentai series. Where it stops being, where it stops being quite so goofy, and it starts being like super crazy and rad. Oh yeah, and we are definitely in that zone. Yeah, so that's really it. I just really, I'm, I'm really digging the show. It's a lot of fun. Right on. Uh, well, there's a there's a train going on outside my window, Dave. So let's wrap this up so that we don't have to listen to that on this recording for too much longer. Um, that will do it for another episode of A View to a Cocky Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all, you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're mentioning on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, and boy, I hope you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes reviews section, there are five stars. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on there. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers is a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, including, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the episode that I guested on in the Mount Olympus cast, uh, you can find all of that at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. (laughs) 